Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View. I hope you're having a great day. This is the show that celebrates the uh, men and women who are making coastal Mississippi and Mississippi, for that matter, a great place to live, work, and play. Hey, you know, I had an interesting conversation with uh, with a meteorologist recently, and you know that hurricane season starts on June the 1st. But he said that in his mind, it starts on May the 1st because, you know, we've had some early storms recently. And when we think about preparing for hurricanes, uh, we don't think about having to prepare in May, but 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 the reality is you should always be prepared. Okay, so the last couple of seasons have started early, and they have they have ended on an exclamation point, I might add. And there's a lot of uh, new new data out about this season, and I thought this would be a good time to bring Josh Morgan back to the the show. I'm gonna tell you if you haven't if you've missed uh, conversations that Josh and I have had in the past. I'll, I'll remind you who he is, but before we go any further, let me just welcome Josh back to the show. How are you doing, my friend? Great. Uh, it's great to be back. This is like my first official dose of my life in Mississippi uh, for the start of the year. I know it is. Well, look, let me uh, let me tell people a little bit about you because I've uh, what's happened over time. I've actually continued to to adjust how I describe you, but I refer to you as a businessman and a weather innovator. And the reason I say innovator is because you are if there were a Guinness Book Award record, you would get it uh, for the number of eyewalls penetrated in the storm literally around the world. Your ability to position yourself and the way you've used um, your growing data about storms and how to stay safe, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mean, you really have become an innovator in this realm and probably, again, the top hurricane chaser in the world. You own a, a digital ad agency called Symbolase in L.A. That's where you're coming to us from today. You, uh, you're a TV personality. You've, uh, you've you know, not only just because of the tropical cyclone chases you do and how that brings you to national news networks, but also because of your reality uh, TV show, Hurricane Man. During the summer, the last two years because of the pandemic, and maybe this is a trend that will continue, we'll find out here today, You've uh, rented a home in Bay St. Louis because it's a central location that allows you to sort of go either way during the hurricane season. And uh, and as a result, you kind of fell in love with this area. Um, you've been on Co- Coast View countless times. And uh, as, and I really appreciate you joining me here today. You, we're going we're gonna to probably get some, some good news about where you're headed in the future as far as chasing storms. You've also get, got some good news about association with a major weather channel, and we'll talk about that as well. You're fresh off the uh, the, the the weather conference in tech, Texas, where a lot of discussions about this season took place. So I could go on and on. You know, you're known as iCyclone if people want to look you up on YouTube or social media. Um, how did I do, Josh? Yeah, real good. Actually, you reminded me there's a lot going on right now. <laughs> so. <laughs> you really do. You really do. So let's uh, we're gonna we're gonna get to your your current thinking about this upcoming season, which uh, most of the prognosticators are saying is going to be above average. But we'll get your point of view about that here shortly. Do you plan to uh, be in Bay St. Louis again this year? 
I certainly am. I am coming back uh, mid-June, and it's become a tradition for me. And it's actually it's going to become more of a tradition because I'm, I'm renting again this year, but the next year I will be in my own house. Good for you. Good for yeah. you. I know you had plans to try to buy. It's a hot real estate market in Hancock County, though, isn't it? Oh, it's brutal. I mean, like, like if you want to buy like you know, nice, like old historical cottage in Bay St. Louis, <laughs> good luck. It is tough. It is. It's just you know, it's it's a it's a really. I really fell in love with the town. You know, um, I initially just picked that area because it was you know centrally located on the Gulf, and then I'm like, wow, this is a really special town. I mean, I love all coastal Mississippi. I, I love how each town is so unique. But I will admit, I am I am I am a Bay rat. I really love Bay St. Louis, and uh, you know, I've been renting a cottage. And I decided I wanted to put down, you know, kind of more serious roots there. So I've, I've been shopping for a home for months. And I finally decided, you know what, the way I got to do this is I got to buy land and just build it myself. So I'm actually in the process of buying a, a piece of land in Old Town. And then uh, I'm going to start building a house. And uh, I'm really excited about it. Well, that's exciting. You know, I don't blame you for being connected. Uh, you're, you know, among other things, you're a hur hurricane historian. So you know the history quite well for Bay St. Louis. but. What 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 I would say about Bay St. Louis since Hurricane Katrina is that it, there's been a renaissance of sorts that has happened there. You know, certainly the people who were from there were never going to leave if they had a choice. That's for sure. Uh, o Town, while it was very seriously challenged, the bluffs of Bay St. Louis sort of protected the interior areas. Yep. The, the beach community we all know was kind of wiped off, but it's come back. And Droves, man, it's one of the most cool walkable places. In America. And here's a guy from New York that lives in L.A., and you're saying that the real estate market in Hancock County, especially Bay St. Louis, is hot. But you know what I'm saying when I say walkable community. You live in one now. You've li you, you're from one, and, yeah. and you, and you, and you uh, covet the walkable community that is Bay St. Louis, don't you? Exactly. You know, I um, I am like a city guy. You know, I like you said, I grew up in New York. I live in L.A. And I notice even even when I'm in coastal Mississippi, I like to be near the heart of a buzzing town, you know, where I can just kind of walk and bike to everything, not use the car. And, and Bay St. Louis has that for me. And it's got, you know, also that town. It's got that kind of. You know, it's not a big downtown, but man, it's got like its own little energy and heartbeat, you know, and it's got it's got a real like vitality is the only way I could describe it. You know, and it's of course also it's beautiful, you know, all the old the cool old houses. And in fact, the house I'm going to build, I'm going to build it in, in the kind of local historical style. I don't want to build something modern. I want to build something that's in the style of the region because I, I love it so much. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a special place. And, you know, I am a history guy. It's what I studied in college. And that's the other thing I'm really into about Bay St. Louis. You know, I go into the Hancock County historical records and, you know, and I look at the old pictures of Bay St. Louis. And uh, also in the conference I was at last month, I, uh, I got together with Dr. Neil Frank. He was the director of the National Hurricane Center for most of the 70s. 70s and 80s and he actually had a bunch of pictures of downtown Bay St. Louis get this from before Camille after Camille and then before Katrina so it just I mean and I you know I just I, it's really cool to look at it and, and like you said this the the city is on a slight bluff you know most of the old town is around 20 feet 22 feet so it's just high enough there was damage but it survived the, through all the hurricanes, the great 1947 hurricane, Camille, Katrina, the bones of the town survived, like the major historical buildings remain standing. So it's recognizable. Whereas you look at 
you know, what was downtown Waveland, you know, on Coleman Ave, it's just, it's gone. You know, there's right. nothing, there's almost not a trace of it because there's, there's very little elevation there. You know, Bay St. Louis has that slight blessing. Hey, after Hurricane Katrina, the Governor's Commission on Recovery, Rebuilding, and Renewal uh, hired um, Andreas Duani, the father of new urbanism, and he put together a group of architects and planners from around the world, over 100 of them, including the Prince of Wales Foundation. And one of the things they did, and I'll see if I can put my hands on it, is they produced a book that tried to capture the historical architectural characteristics of each city in architectural terms. So as people rebuilt, there was sort of a guideline for them if they wanted to do like you're going to do in Old Town, I mean, excuse me, Bay St. Louis. If you you know you want to you want to be able to recall those characteristics from an architectural term point of view, I'll see if I can grab that. If I don't have it, I know someone I can put you in touch with to be able to get that. That'd be helpful to you. It would be extremely helpful. I would actually please do send it. You know, I've been doing the research and, you know, I don't have the vocabulary. So I'm, I'm working with like a draftsman now and I, I, I just have to show him pictures. But I am sort of learning the terminology. And, yeah, there, <laughs> there's a lot of architecture terms, especially for this region, you know, and uh, the, um, the, the Bay St. Louis, the city actually has a guide. You know, if you're building in the historical district and, and my, my house, uh, it, it will be in that old historical district. They have some, you know, some guidelines and they, they have a glossary of terms of, you know, like, you know, Creole cottage or, you know, shotgun, you know, la you know, lateral shotgun. I mean, there's all these terms that I'm learning and man, it gets pretty technical. It's almost like a medical textbook. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they've done a great job of if they couldn't preserve it, they did a good job of recreating it. And there's a sense what 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 the way that Andreas talked about it is that the the homes are oriented to the street so that there's and that's what creates the walkable community at characteristic to it that people are you know they from their front yard they have access to the sidewalk and you know neighbors can talk to neighbors and one of the things he argued after hurricane katrina is that um if we if we let fema raise all of our homes 15 to 20 feet off the air that it will forever change the way the community worked with one another the relationship that neighbors have with neighbors and one of the things that andreas pointed out is Hurricane Wilma hit hit Key West right after Hurricane Katrina, and 70% of, of uh, Key West was underwater. And he said, you know, you didn't hear much about that, did you? I said, no, we didn't. Why not? He said, because they, first of all, they wanted tourism to continue. And by having cinder block homes and a lot of, you know, a lot of ground level homes, they just, you know, they opened up the doors and the windows, they cleaned it out, and they they got on with the program and they and you know, they lived really strongly and you you see the sense of how buildings are related to one another in a in a walkable community hey any any follow up you want to say to that we'll catch it on the other side this is Josh Morgan a top hurricane chaser in the world good friend of Coast View he's coming to us from LA we'll be back after this break Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Supertalk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. I have Josh Morgan with us. He's the top hurricane chaser in the world. He's coming to us from his place in L.A. Um, you know, people, you know, it's interesting because I have lots of conversations with people offline about you, Josh, and they're, they're, a lot of people are fascinated with you. How can you take the time to relocate and whatever? And I always explain to them that you are you have a very successful company called Symbolize. It's a digital ad agency. You've got a great partner and you can, you're able to do a lot of your work remotely. But what, what, what your clients are looking for when they, when they do business with you is your mind. And it doesn't matter where you're located when you're having that conversation. But that has really served you well, hasn't it? Yeah, I'd, I'd hope so. Yeah, believe it or not, people, uh, people hire me for my mind. But yeah, you know, that was the, the thing. Folks who are, you know, just basically offering their, their, their mind, you know, it, it was, I think, uh, you know, it was, we're able to survive the pandemic because you didn't need to be in person with people. That said, you know, being back in LA and getting together in person with clients, either to talk about expanding the relationship or to, you know, put our heads together creatively. I'm going to say this, you know, I'm a techno nerd and I still think nothing replaces in person just dinners with clients or, or just, you know, the, the collaboration there's, it's not the same on Zoom. I think I think Zoom is fine. It keeps it keeps things moving forward. But there's nothing like there's just something like people together that can't be totally replaced. I, th I think you know what's really clear is that, and my son Justin just wrote a piece about it, and I'll probably share it on a future show. But he works in, in New York, and he for Price Waterhouse, as you know, and he went to full time remote. And as he begins to get back engaged again, they're doing essentially quasi, you know, they're doing some in-person and then they're working remotely as well. One of the things he wrote about Josh, and you already had an understanding of this, but he said the average worker did not fully comprehend what work and you know what work-life balance really was because it was all about work. They'd go into the office or they'd go travel and they'd sit in an empty hotel room. And he said he forgot how much once he started working remotely with a little bit of freedom and having sort of the responsibility to work, you know, to, to deliver good quality work, obviously for his, for his employer. But he said he was home at, you know, during the week now and he could go, you know, have, uh, you know, get togethers with his friends and, and connect with his community better. And he started to understand how important that was. But then when he started reconnecting with, with, with uh, his customers, and his team members in, in person, he started to understand how important that was. And he said, you know, it's the combination of those that will create success. We'll never do just one or the other. It's going to be, most companies are going to be somewhere in the middle because there's a gross appreciation these days that if you don't recognize someone has a family life or a home life, then you're going to lose them because there are so many companies that do now and they, they understand that the accumulation of all of those activities create quality of life that's so true isn't it yeah 100 percent. and i and i agree with where you're going with that which is that it's it's I, I think the optimal zone is somewhere in the middle i think the just the unfettered freedom of just simply never going in or interacting with people and i know folks who do it but i think uh i, I think i think for most i think most folks do or do like want some I think some structure, I mean, I think one thing I've noticed with lots of people, and this happened to me also, is, um, you know, not being in person with folks for a while, you, you're, and not having to be physically present with people, it meant that, yeah, you could just kind of duck out for, like, do a three-hour lunch, or, you know, just go, whatever, just do things with your day that you felt like doing, but 
on the other hand, your nights and weekends kind of, you know, work kind of dribbles into them. There's no, there's no, like, it's not like the 1950s where it's like, okay, I'm punched in and now I'm not punched in. It's like, you're always kind of punched in and always kind of not punched in. It's like, you're, it's just this, you're, you're in this sort of weird gray zone all the time, which I'm okay with, but I, you know, that comes with its own issues, I think. So let's let's shift gears a bit. You had uh, we'll come in the next segment. We'll we'll talk specifically about this upcoming hurricane season. You uh, you you know going into the pandemic, you had just finished Hurricane Man. You know it was it was released internationally, working with the BBC, and uh, things were kind of put on hold because of the pandemic. You went two years of it being on hold. Uh, you still obviously had some interactions with. With other networks, especially toward toward the, the, I mean, this past season with Weather Nation, what's the latest in your in your sort of TV life? Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, the main thing is I'm on contract with Weather Nation again, and we've expanded the relationship, so uh, it's it's bigger and better than last year. Uh, they um, I'm contracted to cover all of North America, so basically wherever I chase North America, whether it be you know the United States, Mexico, the Caribbean islands, you name it, Canada, even you know, they sometimes get a hurricane. Uh, not like we get them down here, but uh, I'm covering for them, and it also might include East Asia coverage, like typhoons. We'll handle that kind of on a case by case basis. And beyond that, I'm actually also I'm I'm sort of working more closely with the channel to promote it. You know, as a as a dude who works with the team and is just wanting to let people know about this great you know weather channel and uh and just sort of like how awesome it is so so i'm also part of my role with them now is to really kind of promote it you know on social media uh you know you can get it on dish network you could also stream it and it's uh it's a uh, it's excellent i really like it and i like working with them one thing that's unique about weather nation is it's a uh, it, it's a uh, it's always it, it, it's always it has like a, a sort of a perpetual startup culture internally. So they're always willing to try new things. The producers I work with are always they're always open to new ideas about how to do things. Uh, it's it, they allow sort of an entrepreneurialism. Um, I'm producing video shorts for them on various hurricane topics, and they give me a lot of creative freedom. And it's just I really feel like I can just flourish there. So it's uh, it's been awesome. That aside. I'm working with Juke and Entertainment. They're developing a, uh, a a series about my past chases. It's a working title, it's just Hurricane Chaser, but we have to come up with something a little catchier. But it's basically it's a it's a bunch of uh, half hour episodes where I look back at some of my you know most cataclysmic uh, hurricane chases. You know whether you know, there were typhoons as well. But uh, that's something I'm very excited about. We're working on the pilot episode now. We're actually shooting that uh, week after next. I'm very excited about that. Uh, so yeah, I, as soon as the uh, we have the official title. I'll be promoting that a little more aggressively. Yeah, I'm excited about your Weather Nation work. And as I said to you last year when you started working with them more closely, um, I'm kind of a, I'm a weather nerd. You know that about me. Oh, yeah. And, and I had watched uh, Weather Nation evolve over time. And what happens is, is people start to cut the cord from cable and they lose access to the Weather Channel. They're, they're, the Weather Channel's app is not really satisfying. You have to you have to have them on cable to really enjoy them. So the reality is, Weather Nation sort of found that weakness in in the situation as people are moving away from cable. They need a weather alternative, and they're the best weather alternative there is now. So if someone has cut the cord, most people are streaming now. Uh, my strong advice is to go go uh, download the Weather Nation app 
And uh, you'll be glad you did. I mean, they got local, they've got local uh, radars and um, they've, they've really done a good job of kind of stepping up their game in terms of graphics and personalities, et cetera, et cetera. And their on the ground coverage of hurricanes is terrific. So including you, I might add now. Um, so anyway, they've done a good job and you, I, I like you know, what you said is true. I, I made this observation as well last year that you, it, it feels like a startup, even though I know they've been around for a while, it just feels like a hungry startup working to be innovative every day. And I, I don't, I say that not because of my relationship with you, it's just because I've been watching them for a long time and they've, and they've, they've really stepped up their game over the last couple of years. Hundred percent, and and it is it is why I'm there, you know, just that reason exactly, and just the, the sort of creative freedom I have there is really awesome. And yeah, and like you said, it's just so easily available, and it's a great app because you have just complete access, and it's nonstop coverage. You know, uh, I think one of the the things that folks want, especially when there's you know serious weather going on, is you know they don't want other kinds of shows sort of maybe interrupting the coverage. And with Weather Nation, you're always you're always hooked in and getting that live up to the minute coverage, and it's it's just yeah, it's it's a great resource, and yeah, just download the app. So uh, when you're communicating with them, you're like de- dealing directly with the CEO these days, aren't you? Yeah, that's another thing about the company is that the CEO is just, you know, he's always ready to, you know, to just to kind of have a chat. Now, I don't just call him all the time. You know, I, I, you know, I call him only for like very specific reasons, but he makes himself available. And that's really cool. And I think that that also, you know, you feel like you're really keyed in with leadership when you're there. You know, there aren't just like all these like weird, like sort of corporate layers. And I think that's that's another aspect of it that makes it really good. But day to day, I work with the, you know, the team downstairs, as I call it, you know, which is the folks who are really producing a program every day and and they're just great you know we have uh, it's just uh, it's it's very collaborative that's that's the way I'll describe it it's very a lot of give and take you know and covering weather especially when you have a hurricane coming ashore you know it's it you got to roll with the punches it's all about flexibility you know me being flexible them being flexible you know to kind of get the to, to get good tv on air you know during tough circumstances yeah for sure hey listen i can't help but ask this question from your Bay St. Louis, your your I would say your hurricane season home, might Bay St. Louis slip into some of the cur- coverage from time to time? Oh, a hundred percent. And in fact, I, I that was part of my pitch to Weather Nation this year is I, I want to broadcast from Bay St. Louis, from kind of the heart of the USA's hurricane country. And I think having that kind of authentic location, you know, just you know, down there, not just during hurricanes, but during all season, gives the coverage extra coolness. That's exciting for us. I'm not surprised to hear that. Listen, we'll be back with the top hurricane chaser in the world, Josh Morgan, after this break. And we're going to talk about what this next season is going to look like uh, right around the corner. We'll see you after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a great time to be on the coast, and we love talking about it. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Josh Morgan, the top hurricane chaser in the world, and now exclusively working with Weather Nation on their hurricane coverage and probably it's more than just that, but certainly hurricane coverage. Hey, Josh, I have sitting here on my desk, America's great storm leading through hurricane Katrina by Haley Barber that I had the, the honor of uh, writing the forward to 
You know, man, it's amazing that it's been it's been 16, 17 years since Hurricane Katrina. And you know, when you look at the cycle of bad hurricanes, we're kind of due. We're kind of due for one again. And when you look at the number of really serious storms that you have been in the eye of over the past couple of years, or actually three years, think about Michael and then what you've dealt with in Texas and Louisiana. You've seen some heartbreaking storms. I mean, this is, we're in a cycle of really busy hurricane uh, seasons. Is this season going to be kind of like that, too? It's a great question. So I, you know, forecasting seasons is its own, forecasting hurricane seasons, that is, is its own specialty. So I, I look at the experts for that. As I say, I'm just a dumb hunting dog. I'm really good. I'm really good at what I do, but, uh, you know, just, just hunting hurricanes. So for the seasonal forecast, I looked at some of the others. One of my favorite sources is Phil Klot, Dr. Phil Klotzbeck of uh, Colorado State University. Uh, their seasonal prediction is one of the kind of gold standards. Now, they're not always right, but they generally do pretty well. They are calling for yet another busy season, which is like, whoa, you know, because if if it if the forecast verifies and this is yet another busy Atlantic season, that would be the seventh in a row, which I think is would be a record. We we are definitely right now in the Atlantic. You know, if you look at hurricane data, like we have about you know 170 years of pretty good data, and if you look at it, you'll see it's really up and down. There are are decades or 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 groups of decades that are really busy and then ones that are slow. And it looks like we're kind of, you know, we're still in kind of a busy cycle. And for the U.S., you know, we went from between 2006 and 2016, we went a whole over 10 years without a major hurricane. We had like kind of a, a hurricane drought in the U.S. We had, we didn't have any really, really big impacts except maybe Ike in Texas, Sandy up in the Northeast. Starting in th- 2017, it's been an explosion. You know, every year, the USA, almost every year, has had intense hurricane impacts. And and not only that, they've been very specifically clustered in the Gulf. And that's the other interesting thing about hurricane history. When you look at the U.S. hurricane history, different periods cluster in different places. Right after World War II, Florida, 1945 to 1950, Florida had five Category 4 hurricanes hitting Miami, Fort Lauderdale, everything. In the 1950s on the East Coast, everything went up the East Coast. My mother, who was a teenager in New York at the time, everything was hitting New York and New England. Right now, we are in a hardcore Gulf phase, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, that's why um, (laughs) for people who are regular listeners, even if you're not a regular listener, believe me, Josh knows what he's talking about. He he sort of downplays the other. He calls us what you call a hunting dog bull. <laughs> he's a historian. He's a he's a he's a hurricane historian, not just for the U.S. but really around the world. They do, you know. You think about how long it's been since Katrina, but at the same, and we haven't had another Katrina. But when we've had some close, I mean, you've seen some heartbreaking major storms in Louisiana and Texas and Florida, and we've just been lucky. But last year was tough, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. No, it really was. But listen, what Mississippi went through in Katrina, that is really... You know, statistically, none of statistically, of course, you can't make any promises. You don't know. But statistically, it would be highly unlikely that Mississippi would see an impact of that level again in our lifetimes. Yeah, no, exactly. But I mean, and again, you, you don't know, you know, hurricanes are they're very erratic. But that 
the magnitude of that event and of the destruction, I'm not telling any of your listeners, you guys all know it, but what Mississippi went through is almost unlike anything anywhere else in the U.S. ever went through because it wasn't just that the storm surge was really high, but it was also how much of the coast, you know, the drafts, the, the, one of the draftsmen that I'm working with for my house, woman, she's from Pascagoula, and I was talking to her, and she was saying how they got all wiped out, and I, I don't think I'd realized until I talked to her how bad it was all the way in Pascagoula. You know, I tend to, I'm very oriented toward the western end of the Mississippi coast, and I'm like, and you and Biloxi saw it, you know, the magnitude of it. And, it, and you know, it, it, it's really it's one of the great hurricane disasters in American history. And I'm not again, I'm not just talking about New Orleans. I'm talking about Mississippi. Right. And uh, what's exciting now is just seeing the boom. You know, I mean, that you still see scars. You still see those slabs everywhere. But, man, it's like the, the coastal Mississippi is hot now. You know, it's just the flower is blooming again 17 years later, you know. It is. You know, a couple of points I want to make. First is Hurricane Katrina. Haley Barber likes to remind us that in extreme northern Mississippi, they had hurricane force winds, that there was a satellite view at one point taken right after the storm, and there was no power on in the entire state of Mississippi. I mean, you know, think about that for a second. Um, but the point is, um, I, I, I'd like to come back at a great conversation with um with a friend just recently, Vincent Creel, who retired as the public information person for the city of Biloxi. And he was telling me where the phrase came from. A good friend of ours said it, but essentially that Camille, Camille killed more people in 2005 than it killed in, in 1969. And the point is that people tend to make judgments based on the most recent storm. Every storm is different. Every storm is can be scary and how it could impact you isn't that true a hundred percent i mean a hundred percent i think that's a great point about camille you know camille was a much stronger hurricane but it was smaller and the you know that storm surge was really constant the worst of it was concentrated really around past christiane kind of you know in and not that other parts of mississippi didn't suffer but with katrina it was just man it was like the the size and magnitude of it was just orders beyond and and yeah you know i'm buying my property in Bay St. Louis, you know, of course I, you know, I was constantly looking at the the flood maps from Katrina and what happened there and everything. It's just natural. We all want to look back at that. I'm hoping that Katrina, you know, in my mind, Katrina is a benchmark, which I, I, I'm, I'm not predicting, but in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's as bad as it can get. So if, if, if that property was barely underwater in Katrina, and I built the house a few feet above sea level. I believe, or sorry, above the, sorry, not a few feet above sea level, above the ground level, which is 20 feet. I right. believe that will be okay. <laughs> believe. Let's hope, let's hope uh, we never see another Katrina again. That, that is yep. for sure. But you know, I think the thing to emphasize, if we are in this phase, and clearly we are, of Gulf storms, that, you know, we've had, um, We've had some close calls, and we've had some pretty significant hits, actually, in the last uh, couple of years, some that really surprised us. Isn't that true? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the big surprise for everybody in terms of Mississippi was Zeta. I think no, no one, including me, expected that to hit Mississippi as hard as it did. You know, it came ashore in Louisiana, and and, and I'll tell you when it was approaching, it, it, I'll tell you, it looked like garbage on radar. It just, it was like, it looked like it was falling apart. But man, you know, the whole Mississippi coast was basically in that right eye wall as the storm accelerated to the northeast. So we were all on the strong side. <laughs> we got hammered, as you know. I mean, 
mean, it pays St. Louis. I was like, whoa, this thing is much stronger than I expected. And I think uh, I think that was a big surprise for everybody. Yeah, you're you're right, uh, Josh. Zeta was one of the storms. Man, it snuck up in October, late October. Think about this, man. And it was in it was a wind event. And I've been through every storm since night since Camille. And I remember this just straight line winds nonstop. Usually you have these feeder bands that come through and things kind of settle down, but it was literally nonstop blowing. And I know you were in Bay St. Louis. I mean, it was, it was what a way to end the season that season that one would nearly pass over hurricane house. Um, we don't, we just don't need anything like that. We need to keep having the opportunity to grow and, and flourish here in coastal Mississippi and not have to recover anytime soon. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, Bay St. Louis bounced back, as did the rest of the coast, pretty, pretty quickly from Zeta. I mean, you still see a couple scars from it, but, you know, thank God, nothing like what, you know, what the coast has seen in the past. You think about coastal Louisiana last year. Oof. That storm was unbelievable, man. I mean, you and you, you went through the brunt of it. And I remember you saying to me afterwards, it was heartbreaking. Because they've just been pounded over and over again. And then this 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 particular storm was just it was just incredible to have to have to witness that and see people having to go through that again, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, definitely Louisiana, you know, a hundred years from now, Louisiana will look back at 2020 to 2021. Two category fours, three majors, four hurricanes hitting the state. I mean, they this this is the worst. You know, this cluster has been the worst in Louisiana history, and and uh, yeah, a lot of broken lives and broken hearts. Well, I have a friend of mine who lives in Cutoff, Louisiana. He hunt, hunts with us. He's just a terrific dude, and he literally is still in the process of rebuilding his home even today. You know what happens is after a storm, people kind of move on. You know, the rest of the world moves on. People come to, you know, they they come to help them initially, and then they're kind of left to their, once they kind of get their heads above water, they're, they're left to their own devices, and it's tough. Insurance challenges remain a, a very, very big challenge and so on. Hey, when we come out, come back, we'll, we'll finish up with the last segment with Josh Morgaman, the top hurricane chaser in the world. We'll see you after this. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have Josh Morgan, the top hurricane chaser in the world, who lives in Bay St. Louis during the hurricane season. He just reported that. He's not only going to be here leasing this hurricane season, but going to buy a lot and build a house in Old Town, Bay St. Louis. So that's exciting. And uh, I think some of the best news is that for your new gig with Weather Nation, a much, much more significant gig than you were even doing last year, that uh, you'll be reporting some from Bay St. Louis, the heart of, of, of hurricane country. Uh, when there's not a hurricane coming, that's I think that's probably some of the best news. But it's going to be it's going to be a great opportunity for the rest of the world to sort of see what your base station looks like, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, exactly, and I think that adds a lot of 
coolness and depth to the coverage because one thing I noticed, you know, up until the pandemic, you know, the pandemic is is why I I'm now you know a part time Mississippian is because. You know, we none of us were. You know, I didn't want to be on. I didn't want to go on planes, and I and I and I wanted to kind of be in the heart of the you know hurricane country, and so that's why I started living in Mississippi. Uh, but one of the things I noticed is it was the first time in my life I was living somewhere that regularly gets hurricanes or hurricane threats, and it's much much different than like just kind of you know flying in and doing these kind of surgical operations to you know you know, intercept the hurricane, cover it, and then leave. It's very different when you're living there. You know, there's kind of like this rhythm to life on the Gulf Coast, you know, during the summer. You know, there's a threat. It's first people are just, it's just computer models, then there's something out there, then people are talking about it, then it becomes a big threat. You know, everything becomes a ghost town, and then it might miss or it might hit, and then that passes, and then there's a a sort of a calm period again, and then there's another threat. There's almost, it's like ocean waves. There's this rhythm to life on the coast, which I had never experienced until living in Mississippi and I want to infuse that into the coverage that I, you know, the national coverage what it's like living in Mississippi what it's like living on the Gulf Coast with this kind of, these waves of threats. Hey, one of the things that I look forward to sort of resurrecting uh, we've made a good contact with hurricane hunters and uh, unfortunately the pandemic didn't enable us to go fly but one of the things I want to try to get back on the front burner is working with the hurricane hunters to give you and I an opportunity to go fly out into the eye of a storm. Cause I think it'd be cool for, you know, whether I'm with you or not, I'd like to go because that's one of my goals is to, to go do that as well, but to go fly out into the eye of the storm and then come back and then you go ride out the storm that you just flew in, you know, wherever it hit makes landfall. I just think that'd be a cool story. And one, I think the weather, the weather nation, you know, uh, audience would probably eat up. So we need to get back, get back to focused on that. Yeah, I'm game. That would be totally cool to basically penetrate a hurricane's core at different altitudes. Oh, wouldn't that be cool? It'd be it kind of <laughs> add to your history. Hey, listen, people. I mentioned uh, before, but people can reach you by going to your YouTube page, which is iCyclone, iCyclone, or your social media, whether it be Facebook or Instagram. You're you're there. I think you're on Twitter. Is that right? You're yeah, on Twitter's Twitter well? my main place. Yeah, and all of them yeah. are iCyclone. iCyclone. So are you going to, you did, uh, last year, actually, you did these extended YouTube live. Is your Weather Nation gig going to enable you to be able to do that? Or are you going to have to not do that this year? A hundred percent. You know, I'm exclusive to Weather Nation in terms of TV. But listen, I'm, you know, before I was ever, you know, a TV personality, I was, you know, social media is kind of, you know, my, that that's, that's where, that's the world I'm from. And so, you know, a rule with me has always been that no TV relationships can in any way get in the way of or impede my social media life. So I cycle live. My my live stream show will continue. Uh, nothing on social media will change in any way. Well, that's that's good. That's really good. I, for people who don't know what we're talking about, Josh does uh, significant reviews of his chases and what's happening. How did you do it once a month uh, on YouTube? Yeah, I was doing it once a month. I got a little sidetracked this winter. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a little embarrassed because I had promised myself I'd be really regular about it. But actually, this month, I'm getting back to monthly uh, broadcasts, and I'm going to be very rigid about it. This is, you, mark you, my you, words. <laughs> what I have seen, what I have seen, and I, saw, I, didn't, I didn't have a good handle on this. I sort of knew you as a hurricane chaser, but not until you experienced Dorian in the Bahamas when you were presumed dead for those number of days and eventually kind of came to. 
um, that I realized how many follow, followers you had from around the world. So when you're on your YouTube live, people could be joining you from virtually anywhere. Is that true? Yeah, and that's really fun. And, you know, yeah, I do have like a lot of international followers and that gives them a chance to really participate in real time. Now, it's hard for some of them because, you know, for some, you know, my it, my my European fans are the ones who really, they, they really, it's hardest for them because, you know, my show usually broadcasts like, you know, around 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. Uh, European time. But uh, it, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's perfect timing for uh, folks in the U.S. It's kind of like early evening, kind of like an after dinner treat. <laughs> So your experience with the BBC uh, for Hurricane Man was a good one. Uh, do you think you'll ever resurrect something like that again? You know, it's it's a good question. I would love to. You know, a big budget network TV series, that's hard to pull together. A lot of executives in London and, you know, Toronto and New York need to agree to it. But, uh, you know, we, we talk about it. You know, I still get a lot of mail about it. Folks still asking about it. I think there's still a desire for Hurricane Man season two. So we'll see. Well, cool. That would be great. Hey, Josh, it's been absolutely terrific to catch up with you and uh, look forward to staying in touch with you. I pray you don't have an active season. <laughs> you can go to Mexico or whatever, you, wherever you need to go for the weather of the nation. But if, uh, if infor- unfortunately, if we are hit, we'll, we'll look to you to see what the latest is. I appreciate it. And Ricky, it's uh, awesome to be back as always. Okay, buddy. Take care. This has been Josh Morgan. Have a great day and we will see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.